And we're back. The preseason continues for the Try Hard Fantasy Football Podcast. Our co-hosts, that doesn't sound right, co-hosts, I'm your host, Stephen, with my co-host, Brian. Brian, does that sound right? Co-hosts, Stephen and Brian. How do we introduce people? Yeah, that sounds. We, mean, we are your... you want to do it, you know, it's, it's your thing. I'll let you, I'll let you do you. We are your hosts... There you go. Steven and Brian. Does it, is it then implied when someone hears it that I am Steven? If I am introduced, if I say my name first, or do I have to say I am Steven and that person sitting over there is Brian? I don't know, but we're in year like three of doing this. We should, we should have this part down by now. We're in, um, we're in fine year three form. I can't say mid-season form, otherwise someone be knocking at my door. Um, all right. So, anyways, uh, we're doing a preseason, uh, talking about changes that have happened over the year, and what we're what kind of expecting of certain teams or certain players as, um, just as a, like our first glances at the at the depth charts. So, before we get started, let's have a little intro music because I like to listen to it. All right, AFC North, NFC North. I have to say this is probably going to be tied for the most interesting or the most interesting. Uh, what do you think, Brian? It's definitely better than the AFC and NFC East that we just did. God, that was terrible. Those teams are so bad. It is. All right, Baltimore Ravens, first up. Um <laughs> Last year he was Q, Lamar Jackson was QB ten. Is that right? Was he hurt? Yeah, it's no. It's just it's it's shot. He had three hundred fifty points. That's a fantastic year in, in fantasy for a quarterback. But last year was just unbelievable. Multiple quarterbacks scored over four hundred points. Nine scored more than Lamar Jackson's three hundred fifty. I don't know that that's going to happen again this season with that many quarterbacks scoring high. But it's not out of the realm of possibility. So it's it was just kind of a crazy season. But, but yeah, he was QB ten, uh, and yet did not disappoint you whatsoever. I disagree with that. I'm disappointed in him. So would you be? Would you take him at uh, let's say QB five um, this year? He's right around there. I mean, like. Aaron Rodgers, who we'll talk about later on, uh, you know, finished his QB two. I would rather have Lamar Jackson than Aaron Rodgers. I'd bet more on Lamar Jackson equaling or surpassing three fifty than I would on Aaron Rodgers having another MVP season. Would you rather have uh, Lamar Jackson in round six or Jalen Hurts off the waiver wire? Lamar Jackson in round six. Interesting. I think you're totally I don't think he's going to get benched in week three for the stash. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, that would be crazy. I'm all in on Gardner Minshew. I've, I've decided since our last podcast that we recorded, you know, five minutes ago that Gardner Minshew is my guy. He looks great in jeans. 
Gardner Minshew looks great in everything or nothing. <laughs> I haven't been to one of his COVID parties, so I don't know what he looks like in nothing. <laughs> um, running backs, Dobbins is out. Edwards is in. Is there anyone else besides Edwards? I mean, they have a rookie, uh, Travion Williams, uh, you know, who will play probably play a role here because the, the Ravens have always... You know, for as long as Harbaugh's been their coach, have you know liked to feature two running backs. Uh, it's really a shame that Dobbins is done for the year with a torn ACL. I really thought he was going to be a huge breakout player this season. Was really high on him, uh, but that'll have to wait uh, a year at least now. And it's going to be the Gus Edwards show, which is not that exciting of a show. Hold on, hold on, hold but, on. Let me let me let me do this. I'm going to be someone on on a network. That has a fantasy podcast. Are you ready? Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, with Dobbins out, Gus Edwards is the only one who really stands to gain. They have a rookie, sure. Um, might be of a little running back by committee by week four, week five. Maybe they bring in a older veteran to eat to even out the squad. But Gus Edwards, like Dobbins got 169 points last year. Edwards is at least getting half of that, plus what he had. All those touches. Gus Edwards is probably my number 12 running back this year. Easy. Might even break the top 10. Thank you. That sounds almost exactly like what an analyst trying to overhype him would say. Uh, I don't think that's actually too far off, though. I mean, Gus Edwards is an RB2 now. Like, the Ravens run the ball a lot. Uh, As I mentioned with Jalen Hurts, traditionally running quarterbacks... Uh, make it easier for running backs to succeed in fantasy. And unlike with Jalen Hurts, I do think Lamar Jackson does that for his teammates. And I, I like Gus Edwards. He's not super exciting. He's not, you know, one of the most talented players in the NFL. Uh, but he's good enough. And like we saw with Mike Davis for a good portion of last season in Carolina, good enough can get you a lot of success in fantasy. So Gus Edwards is going to be an RB2. Uh, he's probably going to be undra- or underdrafted for most of the rest of the preseason just because people, you know, the average Joe probably doesn't know who he is oh or doesn't consider him as a good player. But he is not going to be undrafted. He's going to go in like round five. Underdrafted. Underdrafted. He's still going to go in like the fourth or fifth round. He's yeah. probably a third round player right now. Um. You mean there are not 15 running backs better than Gus Edwards for fantasy this season? I totally disagree, but I cannot Gus name Ed- 15 running backs altogether. Do you want to so. be? Do you want to get mad? Do you want to hear something's going to make you mad? Um, Gus Edwards might be a better draft pick than Antonio Gibson. Okay, but this is so. Okay, this is the problem with you people. Okay, you people um, is is when you start talking about a, you're talking about value. You're talking about value in the round. No. And value Gus does not Edwards win you your league. Drafted. Gus, I might draft Gus Edwards before Antonio Gibson. Are you? Where? I need a Stephen A. drop. <laughs> <laughs> I need a Stephen A. Smith drop. Hold on. This, is, this, one, this one's for you. Okay. You're, like, I just. What was that? It was just crickets. It was not. It was a preloaded thing. I don't. I don't have anything. Oh, here we go. I have a lot like of questions. Number one, bird. how dare you? <laughs> oh, that's so overplayed. But seriously, by you, Gus Edwards is uh, whatever. 
Uh, let me guess. I mean, let me guess. Let me guess. Sammy Watkins. Lamar Jackson has a good deep ball, so Sammy Watkins is going to be like your number what twelve wide receiver as well. No, not at all. So that's the thing. Like I, all the wide receivers for Baltimore are good. Marquise Brown, I think, is a good NFL wide receiver. Sammy Watkins is a okay NFL wide receiver. Rashad Bateman coming into the draft was one of the wide receivers I was highest on. Uh, just a phenomenal athlete and really produced uh, in Minnesota at a, you know with a team that wasn't uh, as pass heavy as some of the you know more prolific college football teams. But he's really good. Hi, I like all of them as players. They're not very interesting in fantasy because Lamar Jackson isn't a pass first or pass second quarterback. Like Marquise Brown had 184 points last season. That's probably the most you can expect from him. That makes him a fringe wide receiver three. Oh, okay. Over under this year, Gus Edwards, 180 fantasy points. Over. Oh my God. <laughs> oh. Okay, I didn't even. I I could have just let you talk about Gus Edwards. I didn't even have to make fun of somebody talking about Gus Edwards. <laughs> no, you. I know that's what. Like you went on this whole spiel. It was pretty funny and it was pretty accurate. But like you weren't wrong. Like I agreed with a lot of what you said. I mean, here's the thing. Like I had J.K. Dobbins as a top ten running back. Gus Edwards is worse, but he's not going. But so much of fantasy value for running backs is just a about opportunity is about number of carries and number of targets. Gus Edwards is going to get probably 90% of what JK Dobbins got in, in terms of, of target and, and carry share. And so maybe more because he doesn't have a, a good backup. At least we don't know what his backup's going to look like. So I think Gus Edwards is right there in the RB two conversation. I really like him. I don't think he surpasses his fantasy total from last year. Of 128? Oh, right. I absolutely think he, he demolishes that. He he gets at least 150% of that. Okay. At least 180. Okay. This is why I won our, our league last year. <laughs> I was second. <laughs> it's not like you demolished me. Well, in points I did. Well, we're in two leagues together this season, so you'll have to try your bet uh, again. Well, yeah, let's go. Um, all right, Mark Andrews. Uh, I mean, if if I if he if he's the only tight end left of like the top tight ends, and it's round seven, I might take him. But yeah, other I mean, than he's other than that, I'm not interested. Yeah, he's he's probably tight end four in the draft, right? I mean, you have got the big three. There's no one really else left, and and Andrews has had a 200-point season. Uh, he has a good connection with Jackson. So, I mean, the opportunity is there for him to have a big year. But, but yeah, he is not in the same discussion as the, as the top three tight ends. Like we've already said, and we'll be saying pretty much every podcast up until the season starts, is if you can, you want one of those three tight ends. And after that, there's not a whole lot of, that distinguishes one guy from the next. Next up, um, Joe the Goat Burrow uh, is coming off his injury. He was, oh my God. Do you really have to put pace on here? Do you have to use the word pace in your notes? I just do it can for you. Just, you. I know you, you love not? this. He was on an almost 300 point pace last season. Oh, God. Um, I, I, you know, we, I've watched him play. He's not a terrible quarterback. He looks like, he looks like a more aggressive Teddy Bridgewater. <laughs> and that's fair. And that's not bad. That, that, that can be, it's a, 
person that gets you to the playoffs and and keeps people fantasy relevant and um yeah that's not bad so does it help joe mixon who who are these other people you have other people's names here samaje perrine who is that yeah i mean they're it, a bad nfl backup try like try Vion like, williams yeah a, a rookie so so yeah, like Joe Mixon benefits because Gio Bernard is no longer with the Cincinnati Bengals. So the Bengals Ooh. really just have to keep Mixon on the field all the time. I think he's in for a you know much bigger workload, something that's much closer to what Dalvin Cook gets in in Minnesota, where it's you know eighty five percent of the carries as opposed to the sixty five to seventy he was getting with Giovanni Bernard around. Um, and so yeah, Mixon's going to get helped. He's definitely an RB one in fantasy going to be really good i like joe burrow i like joe burrow the same reason i think like Dak prescott can be a very good fancy quarterback is the Bengals' defense is terrible and they're going to have to throw the ball a lot they're going to have to score points to even try to stay in games and so like joe burrow is an interesting interesting guy i think he's he's right around the Kirk cousins line you know he's probably not a starter in a 10 team league um feel bad for but the Bengals. you could do worse in streaming he probably, if he's around Kirk Cousins' line, he probably shouldn't even be a starter in the NFL. Oh my gosh! Here we go. <laughs> I can't defend Kirk Cousins anymore. He's made so many terrible decisions in the last twelve months and off the field that it's just not. Wow, that's not even to bring up the on-field ones. Yeah, exactly. So I like, can't <laughs> even. I, I don't even want to defend him anymore. To you, but 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 Joe Mur- Joe Burrow's fine. I think the bigger question is, you know, what do you what do you expect out of the wide receiver core where you've got T. Higgins and then, you know, first round draft pick from this year, Jamar Chase. Uh, you know, both guys the Bengals have been really high on, obviously, based on where they drafted them in the last couple of years. And then Tyler Boyd, who's produced for a few seasons now. Uh all really solid players. Boyd and Higgins both put up over 190 fantasy points last season in PPR. Uh Chase has had some well-publicized uh, drop issues so far this preseason. I'm not really worried about that yet. Uh, he is a physical freak, and you know I think this is just a team that can succeed. I don't think any of these wide receivers are going to be wide receiver ones for fantasy because there's you know too many miles to feed, but they're all going to be very useful players. Think kind of a poor man's version of the three wide receivers from Pittsburgh last season. Interesting. So you think that one of them will be the, the they may trade off being the leader of in fantasy points each week? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think they're all going to end around the same amount of points, probably right around 200 for all three of them, and you're never really going to know which one's the the guy in any given week. I would have worded that differently. I would have said none of them breaking 200. That might be fair. I don't know. Two hundred is a good over under for the how many points the the highest scoring wide receiver for Cincinnati goes. I'd take the over, but it's it's a good line. And apparently, there's tight ends on this team too. I didn't. Yeah, man, but I don't I'm know done buying I'm... into the Cincinnati Bengal tight end hype every year for like a decade. People have been talking about the Cincinnati Bengals tight end as well. Didn't they have Tyler Eifert one year when he got like 15 yeah. touchdowns? Yeah, Eifert was good for the one season he wasn't injured, but then he was injured every other season. And and yeah, I no, I I don't want anything to do with the Bengals tight ends. Just just the wide receivers and running back for me, thank you. 
man, I feel more and more like I'm going to have to take like Darren Waller number one overall. <laughs> uh, Cleveland, wait, if you were going to, okay, if you could project Cincinnati based upon their team or what you know about their team, what would you say their win loss is this year? Eight and nine. I was gonna say yeah, seven, seven and ten. Eight, you know, okay. Yeah, seven, ten, eight, nine, right in there. I think that benefits Joe Mixon. That's interesting. Okay. I think uh, they're two years away from being a very good football team. Oh, very good is is a stretch. Well, that that I guess that presumes they get some good defensive help somewhere along the line. Yeah, maybe. Cleveland Browns with um, apparently. You can't go anywhere without somebody defending Baker Mayfield's uh, both NFL and fantasy value. I don't, I don't understand it. Do you understand it? No, I mean you. You've been right all along on Baker Mayfield. <laughs> so, you know, the people hyping him up, and he had only had two hundred sixty-six points last season. Uh, again, ten QBs scored three hundred fifty or more, so two sixty-six is not cutting it for a starting fantasy quarterback. Uh, Mayfield's another guy that I would take behind like all these, you know, all the rookie quarterbacks that are being given week one starting jobs, as well as Justin Fields, who is not going to start week one, but might be starting as soon as week two. And yeah, Mayfield's just not exciting. I mean, the Browns are another team that is, you know, heavy on the run. They had two running backs score over 200 points last season. Uh, both are going to be, you know, top 15 running backs in fantasy drafts. And I just don't know why you would take Baker over, you know, 15 to 18 other quarterbacks this season. Which of those two running backs would you rather have? As I assume they're going right next to each other. I think Chubb's going quite a bit ahead of Kareem Hunt. And I don't think the disparity is as large is justifiably so large, but I would take Chubb over Hunt. I think Chubb is... Just the fact that he's the primary back and he's going to be getting the vast majority of the goal line touches makes me prefer him. Um, but certainly in full PPR leagues, Kareem Hunt is is going to be a good, useful, and productive fantasy asset this season. So I'm I'm torn. Like the wide receivers on Cleveland, they all have cool names, but like. I don't want to draft them. But like if I saw them, I'd be like, Odell Beckham Jr., that's a cool name. I kind of want to draft him. Or Jarvis Lange. Or Donovan Peoples-Jones. kind of want to draft that person and have them on my team. But they're probably terrible and not going to get points. I don't know. Talk me out of drafting one of these, any of these players. I mean... Unless it's for a bench spot, I don't know why you would. Like everything that we just said about Baker Mayfield kind of applies to these wide receivers too. And on top of that, Odell Beckham, the one guy that might be able to transcend the offense and produce in mm. fantasy just based on his talent, uh, gets hurt all the time. And you just can't trust him to stay on the field, and that makes him a risky pick. He's still probably a wide receiver three in, in almost every league, but you're not going to be super excited about drafting him, and he probably is still going to be overdrafted based on name recognition. And so, yeah, I don't, I don't expect I'll end up with with any of these wide receivers on most of my teams. Maybe Jarvis Landry if he slips really, really far. 
Uh, didn't Austin Hooper used to be decent a couple years ago? Yeah, when he was on the Falcons, he was really good. But then he came over to Cleveland, and they throw the ball 100, 150 times less than Atlanta does. And they spread it around, giving some targets to David and Joku for some reason still. Yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do with tight end. More and more, I'm just feeling like, man, tight end's going to be tough. Need a good tight end, you know? I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, anything else here? Can we move on to Pittsburgh? Yeah, I think we're safe to move on. Uh, ben Roethlisberger, probably going to get hurt, which paves the way for the great. Uh, Dwayne Deuces Haskins to take over, to be the next large person to be the that's quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. What do you think about that? He plays for so them. So I'm just going to give all my analysis, assuming Ben Roethlisberger miraculously makes it through 16, seven, excuse me, 17 games. Why? He's not going to. Because I can't. I can't live in a world where Dwayne Haskins is given another starting gig. Well, you have it here. He's 39 years old, 289 pounds. No, 289 points last season. Oh. I'd be like, that'd be... Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I uh, mean... Who do they have at running back? Who are these people? So... Oh, I remember. Dwayne Haskins isn't even the backup quarterback. It's Mason Rudolph, but it's not much better. Who's that? Isn't that the guy that's dropping slurs on the... Yes. Okay. Got hit with a helmet by uh, Miles Garrett. Deservedly so, it seems like. But anyway, yeah, the the Steelers drafted Najee Harris in in the first round this year. He's the first running back taken. Harris is huge for a running back. 6'2", 230 pounds. Jesus. And the Steelers are one of the only teams left in the NFL that prefer to give one running back all the work through the entire game. And so Harris is going really high in drafts. He's often a top 10 pick. And and really, I think that's deserved. He obviously is risky because he's a rookie. But I think he's a much better pick this season than uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire was last season with the Chiefs. When you look at just the size difference. Edwards Lair was is, is like 5'7, 180. I mean, he's he he probably is a little more muscular than that, but but he's 5'7. Like he's he can't take a pounding in the NFL and, and be an every down back. Najee Harris can. It seems like Harris has the pass pass catching ability uh to stay in on third downs. And so I think he's gonna be really good. I'm not gonna feel great if he's my top running back but I'm not going to hate it. You just have to know that it's a risky high, you know, high risk, high reward play uh, and kind of just close your eyes and click the draft button when it comes down to it. Cause the Steelers have no one else, Benny Snell, not good. Uh, Anthony McFarland, not good. Jalen Samuels, uh, not good. What so, happened to their other guy? Uh, James Connor is in Arizona now. Oh, so, yeah. So, there's there's no one else. So like Najee Harris is gonna get the opportunity, barring injury, to him or Ben Roethlisberger. I don't really see a way that he can totally fail. Well, I mean, last year uh, when J- James Conner got hurt, I was told that Benny Snell is like the must start of the week for what's that daily daily fantasy 
daily. Sports. Yeah, Benny's but and Benny Snell paid off in in his DFS role when he was minimum price, and you know, didn't he get like three points? What didn't he get like three points? I think one game he got like twelve. It was good enough, you know. It was fine for, but we're we're focusing on season long right now because you can't really do DFS in in the preseason. But yeah, Benny Snell's terrible. Like all these backups, they're just not good. Najee Harris looks like he's good. Uh, all the preseason signs point to the Steelers thinking he's going to be a, a good player in the league. So I like him. You know, let's let's move on to the wide receiver and talk about how good they are because there's a lot of talent. Uh, at that position for Pittsburgh as well. Would you rather have... Wait, who is going higher in drafts? Deontay, Juju, or Chase? I don't even know for sure. I think they're going around the same. I, I expect that uh, Deontay is going the highest, but I think they're they're all pretty close. And really, you just got to decide, yeah, which one do you like individually? That can't be right for Smith-Schuster last year. Had more points than Johnson and Claypool. He did, yeah. Smith Schuster in, in full PPR um, outscored all of them with 234 points. Johnson had 223 and Claypool had 215. Uh, Smith Schuster just was on the field for every game and was just more consistent week in and week out. Even though the Claypool and Deontay Johnson had you know bigger weeks, Juju just kept producing at a steady pace, and it, it shows you it's just like. Um, how you know like Carlos Hyde for years was a top 20 running back even though you never wanted him on your fantasy team if you just play every game and do okay every week you end the year in a pretty good spot in terms of your position ranking uh but but yeah I like Claypool the most I think he's the most dynamic his second year in the league you expect him to take a step forward uh and and so he's kind of my favorite of these three but all three are very good players i think any of them would be at worst a wide receiver two on any other team in the nfl yeah i have concerns i think if ben big ben is out i don't know though deuces is i don't even know i don't think i want any of these guys this year i mean last year i would say i want both I wanted both uh, Smith Schuster and someone else, or Claypool and Johnson, or and that I thought I just don't feel like that applies this year. I feel like there's better options at, at wide receiver than taking more than one Pittsburgh wide receiver because I, I don't want just one of them for like a season long team. If I was in season long, I would want to try and target two of them. I don't know. That's just me though. I don't know. I'm I'm fine with it. I think this. Like I said earlier, the, this is just a an upgraded version of the Cincinnati Bengals wide receiver group. Like any of them are fine. I wouldn't reach for any of these guys, but if they just fell to me, I'd draft them, you know, in their you know appropriate spot in the end of the third, beginning of the fourth round, or or maybe probably earlier than that actually, depending on how the draft's going. But like they're all fine. They're not super exciting, but they're they're fine. Yeah, I agree. All right, moving on to the NFC, the NFC North. Uh, this is my home. Home this is our home field. We live in Minnesota, and so here we go. Chicago Bears. Uh, the Red Rocket is now throwing to uh, someone named Darnell Mooney because apparently Darnell Mooney is like the best wide receiver. Um, that's ever existed for the Chicago Bears. 
At least that's what I hear during this offseason. And David Montgomery is a top five running back. And Cole, oh. Com- and Cole Komet. I just, I just threw up in my mouth a little bit. And Cole Komet is going to overtake Jimmy Graham once he gets out from being injured. So tell me, just add on. I'm, I'm putting out a lot of facts, a lot of knowledge. You can go ahead and add on. I mean, Andy Dalton's the starter for week one. I think Justin Fields will be the starter by week three. Fields has looked better than Dalton in the preseason. I think the only reason he's not starting is just because NFL coaches don't like to, quote-unquote, hand the keys over to a rookie in you know their first game. But I don't think at all this is you know a repeat of like what happened in Kansas City where Alex Smith played well enough that the Chiefs kept Patrick Mahomes on the bench for his entire rookie year. Andy Dalton isn't that good. He's not going to last all season as the Bears starter. I don't think the Bears are going to be that great, so they're going to turn to Justin Fields just to see what they have. I think Fields is pretty good. He does enough with his legs to be, you know, get you some extra value there. I like him. I really like him in, in Dynasty, uh, but I think he's he's a, you know, a good streaming option in, in season-long leagues. David Montgomery is the epitome of a running back that just ends a season with a decent score and a decent running back rank as he was the RB four last year with 265 points again, just cause he was, he played every game. And so he, if you're okay all season, you, your year long stats look pretty good in fantasy, but he doesn't have a huge amount of upside, even though Tariq Cohen does look like he might be injured and miss a few games. And yeah. And then you've got those wide receivers. I like Allen Robinson quite a bit. He was wide receiver nine last year. He was wide receiver nine the year before that. Uh, he's as consistent as they come. And Andy Dalton and Justin Fields are better than Mitchell Trubisky, I think. So Allen Robinson should see some improved quarterback play helping him out. So I think he's a you know a great wide receiver one, low end, but still wide receiver one. And Darnell Mooney is a interesting flex play. Um, you think that Andy Dalton and Justin Fields are an improvement over? Mitchell Trubisky. That is correct. How dare you? How dare you? Mitchell Trubisky led them to the playoffs, what, like three straight years? Is that right? That can't possibly be right. I'm Well, they were in last year. They were in the year before that. That's not right. No. Look it I, up. I, I will look this up, but but you keep talking. But Mitch Trubisky is bad. Like he, he's a backup quarterback now. He's not good. If he was, if he were good, he'd still be the Bears' starting quarterback. He's backup to the number one quarterback in the league. That's <sighs> that's no. Um. Anyway, so you said the Bears aren't going to be that good this year. I think if Justin Fields is better than than. Uh, who was the other guy we were talking about? Trubisky. And they have David Montgomery, a top five running back. They have Allen Robinson, a top ten wide receiver. They have Darnell Mooney coming off of a big kind of year last year, ready to take that next step. They got Jimmy Graham for that veteran presence just to help guide the young guys like Mike Mooney. I think Bears okay. makes it to the playoffs. Okay. 
I mean, the Bears aren't the worst team in this division. That's true. Because the worst team in the NFL is in this division. The Vikings, But the Bears were 8-8 last year. Made to the playoffs. The Bears were 8-8 in 2019. Didn't they make to the playoffs? They will improve, but they will be 9-8 this season. They made the playoffs last year at 8-8. That's correct. And the year before, right? No. What? what, The double doink? Wasn't it a double doink? They didn't make the playoffs two years ago. Did they make them the year before that? Yes. Okay, so under... 12 and 4, that was the double doink two years ago. So under Trubisky, he's gotten to the playoffs more than Cousins? Okay, this is... It doesn't... We're talking way too much about Mitch Trubisky. Well, you you put disrespect on his name. (laughs) This has made the playoffs twice in Minnesota, too. But it doesn't matter. Mitch Trubisky is not good. The Bears are the epitome of mediocre... Allen Robinson and David Montgomery are the only two people you can really count on. And neither one, and as good as they are, they're not as exciting, uh, particularly Montgomery. And Justin Fields is better than Mitchell Strapisky. Wow. So they'll go to the playoffs. Okay. Um, so I wrote in my notes, this was like months ago, uh, Allen Robinson will be overdrafted. And your commentary on him kind of proves my point. So thanks for that. In what universe do the Bears have a good season and Allen Robinson doesn't? Like, I don't know how that could possibly work. He's by far the best playmaker on that team. Mm, I agree. I think it could be more. I think it could be their defense gets better than the year than last year, and I think if that happens, then they don't need as much from Justin Fields. I do think Justin Fields will take over, and I but I don't think it's because Andy Dalton can't produce. I think it might be just because they feel like having Justin Fields in. Yeah, it's just like with like how Tyrod Williams gets replaced every year by a first round rookie Ooh. quarterback. Tyrod, Tyrod Taylor. Taylor. Uh, Taylor. Sorry. Detroit uh, Lions. Jared Goff. DeAndre Swift. Jamal Williams. I thought he was on the Packers. He was until this season. Was he on the? Keep up, buddy. Hold on. So who's the? Oh, who's A.J. Dillon? He was a rookie last season. Oh, okay. Um, let's see, Tyrell Williams, Brashad Perriman, Amon. Oh, sorry, I hadn't updated notes. Brashad Perriman has been released. Okay. So we can we can delete him. Amon Ross, St. Brown. So the only per Oh, here we go. Oh, T.J. Hawkinson's going to be overdrafted. Never mind. Um... Yeah, I'm not interested in anyone here. Yeah, so I, I mean, so over under, how how many lions do you think I'm going to draft across my eight fantasy teams this season? Oh, I I guarantee you, it's actually going to be a lot. It it it's going to be one. I have mm. T.J. Hawkinson in my dynasty league, so he's already on my team. There's I disagree I about that. I think you're going to have DeAndre Swift on your team or Jamal Williams. Not a chance. Oh, I guarantee. I'll put I'll put money on it. Well, actually, I can't put money on because then you can just choose not to do it. But Yeah, I was going to say, like, how does that work? But I guarantee you, you're going to be like, because you people are obsessed with value. And you're going to see them drop and drop and drop. And you people be like, oh, man, such good value now. And then that'll be your argument afterwards. Well, I couldn't. I had to. It's such good value. And you'll have. You know, you mean that as an insult, but when you're lumping me in with, like, 
the millionaire fantasy analyst for ESPN, I kind of take it as a compliment. Millionaire fantasy analysts <laughs> don't win people their leagues. I do. <laughs> yeah, that. I mean, the Lions are like, this honestly is going to be one of the worst teams in, in years. If the Houston Texans weren't such, such a dumpster fire this season, uh, especially with Deshaun Watson almost assuredly not starting for them, I think the Lions would be the odds-on favorite to be the worst team in the NFL and possibly to go 0-17. Mm, I disagree I with we, that. I think we have a real shot at seeing at least one team be the first team to go 0-17 for the what? first time in NFL history. I bet they win at least four games. Easy. Oh, I, I don't know against who. I put money on that. Well, because Jared Goff is bad, but he's like he's been on... Good teams. Okay, so we should talk. We'll get to this more when we talk about the Rams. But Matthew Stafford, I think, is exceptional. I think Matthew Stafford is right on the fringe of being an elite NFL quarterback. Jared Goff is in the Andy Dalton tier of quarter. He might even be worse. He might be in the Mitchell Trubisky tier of quarterbacks. Like he should be a backup. And so the Lions are going from so not quite a Kirk guy Cousins that carried too. their team to a guy that's going to hurt their team with his play. And they already were not that good. I think they take a huge step down. I think it's this is it's not even a rebuilding year because I don't know they have no nothing to build to at this point. It's a year for the Lions to lose as many games as possible and try to lock up the number one overall draft pick for twenty twenty two. So you think Matthew Stafford is like the Dan Marino of his time? He absolutely is the Dan Marino of his time. Wow. That's the preposterous statement of the of the podcast. Matthew Stafford is a <laughs> will finish the year as a top five quarterback. What? Yes. How much you want to bet on that? I don't want to bet. That's my hot take. <laughs> that, that is that, that's not a bet, but that is my hot take that Matthew Stafford will finish the, this is a preview for when we get to the NFC West. I'll bet you money he's out of the top ten. Well, I'll have to we'll have to talk about that. <laughs> but yeah. Matthew Stafford is gonna be phenomenal in LA. Uh and Jared Goff is going to flounder. Speaking speaking of out of the top ten, Aaron Rodgers. I I hear that um he's gonna be have a side gig doing Jeopardy, and so he's not gonna be focused on the on the seasons here. Although no, he has a new girlfriend. That's supposed to be bad for him he too. Has a new fiance. A new fiance. That's supposed to be bad for him too. He never does well. When he's got girls on the side, it's only boys for him. So. And only plays he only plays well when he's real thirsty. <laughs> That's right, exactly. Um, AJ Dillon. So, do you think he takes over Aaron Jones's spot at some point? Which is not at all. You don't think AJ so? Dill- AJ Dillon is like three yards in a cloud of dust. <laughs> he he's the opposite of Jamal Williams, who was more of a, a third down back even though he took some first and second down carries from Aaron Jones. I think now it's the Green Bay Packers and it's Aaron Jones. So Aaron Jones isn't going to get, you know, a a Christian McCaffrey type role, even though he should, given the way this team is built and constructed. But there's no one to take Aaron Jones's role away. He should be in line for... A, a big, big year and an increase over last year's production of where he was the fifth overall running back and had 259 fantasy points. Uh, I really like him. 
uh, as we're talking about now, the more he's he probably really should be right there with with Ezekiel Elliott and Saquon Barkley. Oh my god! In that second tier running back, because there, there's just no one else to to put there. Uh, you know, on the Packers, like the Packers have Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, and Devontae Adams, and then they have just a bunch of guys. So like all three of those guys are going to produce. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to be QB two and score over 400 fantasy points again, just because you don't usually replicate MVP seasons and back-to-back years, but he's still obviously an amazing quarterback. And so, yeah, I love Aaron Jones. I love Devonta Adams. Adams will be my number one ranked wide receiver as he is for almost everyone else. And, and Jones is definitely a top five running back. No, I mean, maybe, but not on the Packers. Like they don't, they don't use him like he's a top five running back. He just, I, I agree, but they can't. Like AJ Jalen isn't going to suddenly become a pass catcher. Like he, he, he just doesn't do it. So they don't have a choice. I mean, they do. They could just be bad. They could throw passes to AJ Jalen and just watch him brick them over and over again. But brick, I don't think they're that poorly. You know managed as a team i think eventually they'll figure out that aaron jones is their best player in the backfield and let him just play the entire game are you on team mvs team lazard or team cop team none of the above yeah exactly cobb's gonna catch touchdowns and which takes away mvs and lazard's value yeah exactly cop's <laughs> gonna probably have eight touchdowns this season but like on 30 catches yeah i agree with that yeah. Lazard's the best bet if you really had to pick one, I think. But it's yeah, they're not exciting. Like Adams gets too many targets and too many touchdowns thrown his way, and the other ones are going to Randall Cobb and and Robert Tanya in the tight end. Well, do you think um, Cobb's touchdowns? I, I think you can rely on Cobb's touchdowns because Rogers wanted Cobb. Um, that's that's been kind of their bit. Is Rog Rogers will find Cobb in the end zone? Do you think that the amount of touchdowns we project for Cobb? Um, makes Tanyan kind of non-existent. Yeah. I think Tanyan takes a big step back from no, his Tanyan, Tanyan. The tight end four. It's Tanyan. Tanyan. Yes. I'm sorry. You're right. It is Tanyan. I think Robert Tanyan takes a big step back from his tight end four ranking from 2020. Uh, he is right there with all these other guys we've talked about in, in these couple of preview podcasts we've done so far. He's, He's just a guy at tight end. He's if he's your fantasy starter, fine. It's just not going to be exciting. He's going to have a couple big weeks, but that that's about it. All right. Oh, Packers suck. Um, speaking of the worst team in the NFC North, uh, the Minnesota Vikings, the team with the lowest <laughs> um, what vaccination rate in mm-hmm. the NFL. We have makes me so proud. <laughs> we have a uh, if I die, I die. Kirk Cousins. We have my body is a temple, Dalvin Cook, and we have my wife. I, I hate to disparage wives, but my wife is a crazy person, Adam Thielen. <laughs> um, and uh, I'm not interested in Kirk Cousins at Cubilla. I don't think he. I don't. I think this is easily going to be Kirk Cousins' last year and Kirk Cousins' worst year with the Minnesota Vikings. They don't have a backup quarterback worth putting in, and I think that Zimmer hates Kirk so much that he's just going to pound him out there every single every single down and just let him suffer. 
just let him die out there. That's how much Kirk. I, that's how much I think Zimmer hates Kirk right now. I kind of think you're right. So <laughs> Dalvin Cook did not play this preseason. Justin Jefferson did not play this preseason. Eric Kendricks played like four snaps this preseason. Kirk Cousins played like nine series this preseason. Adam Thielen played until he got injured in the preseason. <laughs> I think Zimmer was punishing all the unvaccinated players. Well, Cook um, isn't vaccinated. By making them play. No, I think Cook's vaccinated. No, he's now. not. No, he's not? Oh, nope. well, Cook's just too valuable, I guess. I agree with that. But, but, like, watching Kirk Cousins be out there when every other starter for the offense was benched except for, like, the rookie offensive lineman uh, was kind of funny to see. And it just made me think that it, it might have been a punishment for refusing to just get vaccinated like their coach and front officer are, are requesting. But, but, yeah, Cousins is... He's just a guy at quarterback, but he's going to finish the season. No, he won't. He's a top 13 QB like he has done every single season. Nope. Because he's really durable. Uh, you know, hasn't missed any games really in his career. And the only reason he wouldn't is if the Vikings take such a big step forward on defense, which yep. they could do, but that the, the team doesn't fall behind much and they rely even more heavily on Dalvin Cook. So but, that's possible, but... Regardless, like Cousins is a streaming QB, you know, like week one, he's he faces the Bengals. I would definitely start Kirk Cousins in week one against the Cincinnati Bengals defense. Um, um, I'll bet you he doesn't surpass 15 points in week one. Okay, I take that bet. All right. Put it on the board. Oh, my God. You cannot say that. <laughs> We're going to get in trouble. <laughs> oh... <laughs> Um, oh my gosh! All right, so okay, I have I have a little thing I want I want to say here because we're moving into I mean Dalvin Cook is Dalvin Cook I mean you got to handcuff him but even though Madison isn't that good, um, Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen instead of saying uh, who I would prefer, I just want to just give a little spiel on wide receivers because this year. I'm down on Devontae Adams, okay? Because, not just because he can't replicate what happened last year, but because I think that his his uh, interest in playing for the Packers is waning along with Rodgers. And I think you put that together, you have a little bit of the Antonio Brown effect. And I don't think they're interested. I, don't, I think last year, uh, Devontae Adams was interested in putting, in, putting up numbers, I don't think he's interested in that this year. Um, I'm down on Julio. I'm down on Thielen. I'm down on Jefferson. Um, because Just because of what we talked about with Kirk being bad because the defense is going to be better. Um, I'm down on DeAndre Hopkins. Um, I'm down on Michael Thomas. And so early round wide receivers that you normally look to I I am projecting a lot of them much lower than what other people are projecting them at. And I think that this year, if you're going wide receiver early, if you p- don't pick the right one, you're going to have a possibility of losing yourself, the league, because I think if you do pick the right one early on, especially if you're going wide receiver early, that you could win yourself the league. And... <laughs> 
that that that's kind of my view. I think it's very risky this year drafting wide receiver wide receivers early because I think a lot of them are going to take a lot of the ones you rely upon are going to take a huge step back. And um, so, it, if you're going early, you, if you don't pick the right one, it could cost you the league because somebody is going to pick the right one that is going to win them the league. That's my concern. About wide receivers. I think you're year. being a little bit dramatic by saying huge step back and losing your league by taking a guy that only scores 250 instead of 290 points in fantasy. But I, I agree with you. I think there's some wide receivers that are more exciting where, based on where they're being drafted and some that aren't. We've already talked about a few. Like Terry McLaurin, I think, is in for a huge step forward. Very exciting. I think Amari Cooper is going to surprise people. Uh, I think the Rams wide receivers, Robert Woods and Cooper Cup are going to surprise people. And so I do think those kind of players are going to jump into the top 10 spots or at least uh, battle for it, it to the point where guys like DeAndre Hopkins and Tyree Kill aren't as much standouts as they have been in the recent past. But I don't know. I think you're being a little bit heavy handed on thinking Devontae Adams is not going to produce like a top five wide receiver. And even if he's not number one, if he's the first wide receiver drafted, but he finishes his year as wide receiver five, that's not a bad season. You're drafted in the first round for floor. You want the upside, but you need a high floor too. And and guys like Devontae Adams give that to you. I think that there's just going to be some, like with tight ends last year, there's going to be some that will be so much higher, like Devontae Adams last year. They'll be so much higher than everyone else that they're going to win you your league. Like last year, I had Devontae Adams. I also had a couple of other good players, but I had Devontae Adams and Darren Waller, right? They won me my league. And I might have been able to get away with just having Devontae Adams, and he wins me my league. And I think that there's going to be a different player that's not one of the ones we we typically see. I think there's going to be a lot of the ones that we typically see in the top um, echelon of wide receivers that aren't that player that wins you your league. I think the most likely one next year is going to be someone like Stefan Diggs. Um, that becomes the one that gets so many more points than everyone else that if you didn't have him, you probably aren't going to win your league. But aside speaking on just these two, uh, Justin Jefferson, and Adam Thielen, I have no interest and having either of them as my number one wide receiver. None at all. So I'm a little scared too, but I'm starting to think that's just my innate Minnesota Vikings bias where if it can go wrong, it will for a Minnesota sports team. And I'm trying to talk myself into going with Justin Jefferson really early. I really hope you do. Because he put up a truly historic season last year for a rookie wide receiver. Who's the only other one that did it? Randy Moss. Oh, (laughs) I mean, no, literally it's, it's Justin Jefferson, Randy Moss, Anquan Bolden. Like you're talking Hall of fame wide receivers are the only players that have done anything close to what Jefferson, Justin Jefferson did last year in Minnesota. And it's really hard to discount that kind of production and just how talented he looked. It, it wasn't like he struggled to get there or just had a couple of lucky plays. He just looked better than the other players on the field. That's hard to do as a relatively 
young rookie. I think he's only 22 now, so still has a lot of room to grow uh, in his development. I think he's going to be even better. I I don't love him. He's not a top five wide receiver for sure, but he's definitely a top 10 wide receiver, and I, I just don't think you can really argue yourself out of it unless you're just going with your feelings. And you know, My feelings win me, win me leagues. We should trust our feelings quite that much. My feelings win me leagues. And so here's the thing on Justin Jefferson. He put up great numbers. Uh, he also had circumstance on his on his side. Like a lot of a lot of like he had game flow on his side last year. And I don't think he's gonna I don't think any of Dalvin Cook, Jefferson, Thielen are gonna have game flow on their side this year. Um, I think Cook is going to get his points regardless. I don't think he's going to get 338 points, but um, I think he's going to get his points regardless. I just don't think that the wide receivers are going to have the game flow that they did last year on their side. And so that's why I I will not have either of them as my wide receiver one because I know where they'll be drafted, especially Jefferson. Um, If they fall to me as a wide receiver two, I would be okay with that, but that's not going to happen. Maybe in a ten, maybe in like an eight-team league, it would, but not in ten or higher. That's fair. I think Thielen's probably a wide receiver too in, in a lot of drafts in ten-team leagues, but it, it's close. But yeah, I hear you. It's it's fine. I I just think you're being a little more doom and gloom about the the position in general than is warranted, especially because it's not like you're super excited to take. Antonio Gibson over Calvin Ridley or any of these other wide receivers you're talking about. So what? I would take Antonio Gibson over Calvin Ridley. Oh, you, good for you. Okay. I, I have, hold on. Well, this is for a later podcast. I have written down like a long time ago. Oh God, this is for another podcast. Anyways, we're just rambling now. Like yeah, this I would podcast take, has been wrapped up for like 10 minutes. No, we stopped talking about the Vikings. All right, I will leave it with this. I want Pitts on my team over Calvin Ridley. Not at the same position, but in terms wow. of in terms of value from getting value from those teams points. I want Pitts over Ridley. Um all right, that <laughs> that wraps up our NFC AFC North uh podcast. You can always if you disagree with me, which, you know, Maybe someone out there does. Um, or if you disagree with Brian, which is probably more likely, you can hit us up at tryhardfantasyfootball at gmail.com or you can just copy and paste the link at the bottom of the show notes um, or maybe click on it. I don't know if that's a, that's a thing that they allow you to do on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're, you're streaming this. Um, but it will be there in the show notes. It's spelled exactly how it sounds, tryhardfantasyfootball at gmail.com. Um, and we will talk about it on the show that we record after you send the email. So uh, go ahead and do that. Uh, Otherwise, that's all I got. So I feel like I should say peace out or something. Yeah, I wanted to see what your face looked like when I said no. (laughs) Totally worth it.